Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, everybody, welcome back to the the final post-game instant reaction podcast for the 2018 football season. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. Hello, everybody. It's good to be here. It's a little it's a little bit of a weird evening. I, I did get to watch our Red Raiders defeat one Bears team tonight, so that's been a plus. That but was I, a good I guess, game. I guess we're going to talk about the other one. <laughs> well, we, we were talking about this before we hit record. We're not actually sure how much we're going to talk about the football game today. Besides its impact on the future of Cliff Kingsbury as the head coach of the football program. It is 9-14 Saturday, November 24th, and there has not been an official statement made on Cliff's future. There was a report that came out about five hours ago from a news outlet in San Antonio that said that he had already been fired. It appears all all efforts to confirm that with the Texas Tech Athletic Department have come up short. They're saying we we cannot or will not confirm that. Um, I'd have to go back and look at the wording specifically, but it seems like they've kind of walked back that, that wording even because um, it started off as saying... We we cannot confirm that that report, and then it was that's premature, and now it's no, that's not happened. Um, so the game today, you you obviously lost. You fall to five and seven on the season, three and six in Big Twelve play. Um, and so you finish not eligible for a bowl game in three of Kingsbury's six years. Um, the game was not a, a well-fought or pretty game <laughs> as in, any loss you, you can imagine. It's not like it's going to be a good loss. This was not one where you were in it and you lost there at the end or, um, you know, Baylor took the lead there in the second half and then they just ground out the clock. Um, yeah, you, you went into halftime ahead. 17-14, kind of inexplicably, uh, ma- mainly because of a, a late interception, I believe, mm-hmm. on uh, from from Brewer, and then of course that hail mary that they threw with one second left, that almost got run back. But you went in with a little bit of momentum, knowing that you were not going to get the ball first, and then just the third quarter. Things really started to fall apart there. Even Hatfield missed a kick, which was his second all year to miss. He'd hit 13 in a row up to that point. I mean, obviously it didn't cost you the game, but 
that was a not a good sign of things to come. Uh, Carter, aside from maybe three series, was really off and on. He he played well in the first and maybe the half of the second quarter, and then had maybe one more good series the rest of the game. Went twenty one for thirty seven, which is not good. <laughs> no, not not a good day. Uh, the kid played hurt. I don't want to dog him. Yeah, for I mean, he not he, being tough he, or anything he got like up that. There, started the game, and then it was. It may have been that it was that first series where it he, was. he got sacked and he, and he tweaked his ankle again. Um, and then Baylor went on that nineteen play, nine minute touchdown drive, which I guess to the defense's credit gave <laughs> gave Carter and the and the the rehab staff long enough to get Carter back and ready to, to play again because Carter didn't miss any time. No, he didn't. Um, Cause he, and he even went to the locker room during that yep, drive. He went to the locker room, had both of his ankles retaped. Uh, there were reports that Colt Garrett was ready to go into the game. We are like, oh my gosh, it's come to this. <laughs> yep. Um, and then you've got that ridiculous nine-minute drive where Baylor scores a touchdown to tie it. And you're like, well, I guess it wasn't too bad because you got Carter back in. Um, but yeah, if you want to talk about the, I guess the offensive performance today, I, I was watching the game on the iPad on the drive back from my grandparents' house in Mississippi, and I'm not sure I got all the drives charted correctly, but here's what I have for Texas Tech. Touchdown, field goal, touchdown, punt, 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 halftime, punt, missed field goal, touchdown, interception, interception. That seems that seems about right. That you had a scoring drought that went basically a half of the game. You scored there that your second touchdown of the game, you scored it in the first quarter. And then you didn't score your next your only other touchdown in the game until the first play in the fourth quarter. So you went all of the second and all of the third quarters without scoring a point. And you had one, two, three, four, five drives where you turned the ball over. Sorry. Well, well, you did score in the second quarter. You, you scored a touchdown. Okay, so that that second touchdown was in the second quarter, not right. the first. Okay, but you went four straight punts, missed field goal, and then you scored the, your next touchdown. Excuse me. Um. Yeah, I mean, th- th- there was some weird officiating in this game. Like, oh yeah, the like phantom a, pass interference call that extended the drive for Baylor, where they went. It was on third down, and then Baylor went up and scored a touchdown. Um, Hands to the face. That was on another third down. Of course, that was that actually happened. <laughs> I, I did actually see that visibly, and and then I think there was another. Uh, I forgot what the other call. It just seemed like they happened on third downs. There, there was one that happened. At, uh, I don't know the, the official, like, the trigger for this, the holding call, on the edge. But there was um, the time when we ran a, a jet sweep to Kashawn Carter, and Dante Thompson got gets called for a hold on the on the edge. And oh, and he, out, he was just blatantly holding. I want I want to ran on that for a little bit. He's been called for holding a lot. And 
it's it's a very you figure if someone could figure out how many snaps he's played versus how many times he's been called for holding it's probably the highest ratio of anyone on the team I, i'm not sure what it is I, i've even watched replays where there have been times they should have called holding on him and they didn't we we got lucky on several plays i remember seeing where he he just was flat out pushing some small db 20 yards downfield, both hands on the shoulder pads, just mowing him down. I, I'm, I'm at a loss <laughs> for how, how often I've seen. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for. Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. And how lucky we've been that it hasn't been called more than it has. Anyway, end of rant there. Quit holding Dante Dante Thompson. Yeah, because that came uh, right after the interception by Deshaun Johnson. So you, you were you were set up in the Baylor Baylor half of the field, had mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a momentum swing there on that first play, and then you get this and it wipes out a big play, and then it pushes you back, and then your your drive stalls. And what a play by Johnson! I know. My was, gosh, how in the world did he come up with that? I can't remember who the defender was on the actual deflection. Was it Fry? No, I think it was Fields. It was Fields. Gosh, that both of those guys were—they were just right there for that play. Yeah. Um, the other thing I want to mention: when Baylor scored to go up twenty-eight seventeen with about ten minutes left in the third quarter, we all kind of mentioned it in the Slack chat. We we're like, "Well, this game feels like it's over." Yeah, right, you've got twenty-five minutes of game, but. Um, down 11, and then what you've already seen in this game, you're like, I don't know if you're coming back from this one without some big, um, big momentum shifting plays. You, uh, going into the, the fourth quarter, the, the broadcast crew there, which was just god awful, <laughs> mentioned that Rule had won 30 straight games when tied or head starting in the fourth quarter, and you were down 11 at that point. Um, it's now 31. And yeah. Then, and I think someone else tweeted that Kingsbury had only won three games when behind in the third at the start of the third. <laughs> yeah. That's the, uh, that's the down at halftime stat. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, I mean, it is, it was even worse. Um, I mean, I think it was three and 33 or something like that. At least the halftime stat, I think the second number is in the 20s still. Still. <laughs> so th- there was something that, that I saw on Twitter this afternoon uh, after the game that made me 
it gave me pause. And then I was like, that, that's a good stat to bring about on the podcast. I want to share it with you. I don't know if you saw it from uh, Kyle Jacobson. But he, he found that after Tech had beaten Kansas and moved to 5-2 and two on the season, Texas Tech had a 98% chance of making a bowl game. Yes, I did. My friend games. Adam yeah, Adam pointed that out to me. I think we had a 1.3 chance of, of finishing at 5-7. and seven. Yeah, that, that a one point three percent chance of losing your next five games, having gone five and two, and by golly, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's not at all what you want to happen. You you lost five games in a row. My gosh, we haven't won a game since October. Yeah, the last last team you beat was Kansas. Yes, the last team you beat was Kansas. Three win Kansas, who fired their coach a week or two after you beat them. Yeah, they had fired their offensive coordinator the week before you played them. That's right. Because we we talked to Brian Haney about that, and then the week after they fired their head coach, who then ended up coaching the rest of the season. Um, so in that five game stretch, he lost to. Iowa State, Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas State, and Baylor. Um, there was something else today that one of the guys that was trying to – he was offering up some proof points to say, hey, uh, Texas Tech and Kingsbury are close. Uh, he probably deserves some more time. He said, with those three games where you lost to Kansas – sorry, to Iowa State, Texas, and Oklahoma, you lost by a combined 21 points. I was like, yeah, that's 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 a good stat, but you can't stop there. Because the next two games where you should have won, you only sorry. You only scored thirty points and you were yeah. outscored by twenty six in those two games. So the other three games which were against much tougher opponents you lost by an average of a touchdown the next two which you should have beaten you lost by two touchdowns like you could almost justify losing to those first three teams which I think we did a pretty good job of (laughs) I think we did a good job of, of of making excuses and giving justifications and moral victory points there but those last two games where you only score 30 points and you lose it's, by, by, by by two touchdowns apiece? It's tough to defend that Kansas State loss. Uh, today's loss is tougher to – I, I don't know. I don't know if it's tougher to defend or not. I don't think it really matters that much, but I still think the K-State one set worse with me than today. We at least got some points on the board today. Looked like we had a pulse on offense at times. You know, McLean had some bright spots. Sorry, I don't mean to call him by his first name. <laughs> it just, it sounds like a last name. Uh, I, I don't mean that. I don't, I don't know him that well. Carter had some uh, some bright spots to, tonight. And Duffy didn't have many last week. It didn't feel as bad. And I think part of it, because we may have expected it a little bit 
the K-State one, I know blindsided me. I was thinking Tech would roll just based off of what we saw them do against Texas. They were able to put up points on those guys and uh, and really make a game of it and score 17 in the fourth quarter or, or whatever it was. They were down by 17. And I just thought that would carry through, and it was completely and totally wrong. But the the game today was more ho-hum. Uh, part of that was evident by the whopping 29,000 people in attendance. That's That's the official number. And the official number is always a little inflated. Yeah. I would imagine even at Cowboy Stadium, that's inflated. I'm, uh, I, I, I don't know. I forgot where I was going with that. But, but the excuses for these last two games are, they're kind of out the window. Sure, he was down to a hobbled uh, former first-string quarterback today. We, we could throw that out a little bit, but... Uh, I don't have much else, really. Defense didn't play super well today. Came up with a couple of turnovers that the offense was unable to capitalize on. And one of them was just because the clock ran out at halftime. But yeah, you just knew the, the way things were going. I mean, they were converting third downs. Uh, let me see if I can pull up that stat because it seemed like Baylor converted a lot of third downs today. I'm trying to find it. They were six of 11 on third down. Yeah. Over, over 50%. You were 10 of six. Sorry. We were 10 of 16. You were also greater than 50%. Yeah. (laughs) We were a little bit better than they were on that. But your third down defense, at least it used to be, really good uh, in the conference and, and in, in, in the country. But if, you, if you're allowing a team to convert greater than 50%, I mean, you're not going to win a lot of games. No. They put up almost 500 total yards against you. You put up less than 350. Um, 170 rushing yards to your 100. I mean – at the same our guy, our guy Wesley only had 35 yards today, so just four catches. Was he uh was he close enough to go ahead and take over second place all time for season receiving yards? I can't remember. I'm going to have to look cuz he had 1375 coming into it. They usually don't update that until after. So he's got 1410 right now. I don't know if that's going to do it or not. No, I don't think it is because I, I think he needed uh, 76. Or yeah, he, like he needed quite a bit. I thought it was in the 80s at one point, but I can't remember if that was before or, or after the Kansas State game. But, yeah, let's see. I've got it pulled up here. Single season uh, receiving yards. Yeah, Kiki Kuti had 1429. And Wesley finishes at fourteen ten. Fourteen ten. Yeah. So he'll he'll be third on the list. He'll still be above Amaro. Uh, but yeah, he'll he'll be third behind Crabtree and Cootie. Not bad company, but man, it just seemed like a foregone conclusion. <laughs> 
yeah, after that ago, UT like, game. He just needs like 70 yards, right? And he's, he's yeah. going to make it. Yeah, it was – let me see. He had 35 today, and I think he had 28 last week. Um, let me see. Yeah, he needed 82. He needed 82 to uh, tie him. He was averaging like 130. I think so. Yeah, he was. Up until these last two. Okay, so that would have been a nice bright spot if if we'd have been able to, or we, if Tech would have been able to continue their offseason prow or their offensive prowess. And uh, and get him that extra little bit of record holding clout, but just to to go down the way they did against these last two teams, not great. Of course, Kansas State did just give Iowa State all they could handle. Iowa State barely barely won tonight. I was watching the end of it as we were 42, recording. Forty-two, thirty-eight. Yeah. Yeah. Just barely won in Ames in the storied Ames atmosphere. Where Kansas State, who averages putting up 21 points, put up 38 against yep. Iowa State in Ames. Well, and they were up by two scores in the fourth quarter. But I, I, I missed what happened. I just, I think they were up 38. I swear it was 38-28. And then next thing I know, they're down 42-38. Iowa State put up 21 points in the fourth quarter. That'll do it. So in the at the end of the third quarter, uh, it was 31-21, Kansas State. And then Kansas State scored seven more in the fourth, but Iowa State scored 21. Yeah. It, Iowa State scored – sorry – Kansas State scored first in the fourth quarter. So they'd gotten up to 38-21 with 12 and a half to go. And then fell after three touchdowns to go 42-38. This is what's going to be frustrating for people like me who still really like Kingsbury and believe in him to an extent. Is that the Big 12? Uh, let's see. OU has 11 wins. Texas has nine. West Virginia has eight. Iowa State has seven. And so then here's the here's the bottom. Iowa State in third place. Yeah. Has seven wins. Well, yeah, yeah, I think they're in third. So they're tied with with West Virginia and their conference standings at six and three. But Iowa State obviously beat West Virginia. Right, so they would be third in conference standings. But here's here's what the rest of them have. TCU has five wins currently. I mean, they're playing Oklahoma State right now. Last I saw, that was like seven to three in the third quarter. It's twenty four ten. Good gosh, that they they exploded. Yeah, TCU's put up a lot of points at twenty four. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all right, so it's let's say they win that one. If they win that one, TCU is six and six. Then Oklahoma State is six and six. Kansas State five and seven. Tech five and seven. Baylor six and six. Just a lot of mediocrity in the Big Twelve this year, and and we couldn't hang with the 
most mediocre of of those bunches. So if you look at the conference standings, this is going to be a gut punch for those that haven't looked at it yet. You are ninth. Sorry. Yep. Texas Tech. We. I need. Sorry. We. 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 <laughs> the twenty three personnel podcast got some some criticism saying that we like to say that you and referring to Texas Tech and I guess you as fans and not us as fans. Texas Tech, we as a team finished in ninth place in the Big 12 ahead of Kansas. Yep. Because a team that you're tied with at five and seven, Kansas State, they whooped up on you. Yep. And everybody else has six wins or more. Ninth place in the conference. Yeah, that's that's hard to defend. That's like as low as I remember it being. I I don't remember checking it the year that we went four and eight. It was a while ago, obviously. So let me ask you this, Michael. Since this is kind of the point of of the season, like where we're at now, where do we go from here? What's what's next? Well, we we talked about it a little bit before we started recording, and. I think we're both, and I, I do think you mentioned it already too. I'm sorry if I'm running the two conversations together, but we're both a little surprised that there has been no official announcement. There was that report that was unconfirmed and not official from, I'm not even going to name the stupid station in San Antonio that threw it out there. But the fact that I, I think you and I were on the same page, just speculating that Hokut had made this decision, if not last week, maybe even the week after, or maybe even after the Texas game, that and that this Baylor game was going to hold no weight to this decision that he's already made. So the fact that he hasn't announced anything at all kind of fuels speculation even more that the where we may be headed is another year under Kingsbury. I mean, that's definitely on the table just from there being no word at all. Because as you mentioned before we started recording, you reminded me of all this. I couldn't remember the timeframes of it, but Hokut actually made a statement before Kingsbury's press conference last year after the Texas game in Austin saying that he was coming back. And then one of the reporters there, you know, asked Kingsbury if he knew that that had even happened and he didn't know. So Hokut was quick and decisive on that one to the point where there was no doubt. You knew immediately what you were in for for the next season, whether you wanted it or not. But this season and and the way this has been handled tonight, uh, it, it just leaves any possibility open, but definitely does not at all shut the door on Kingsbury coming back for another year. And I don't know the inner workings of what it takes to – to drop termination on a coach. And maybe this thing takes a lot more time and, and, and maybe Hokut hadn't made the decision. So he wasn't prepared to do it today. Right. Like right. Maybe, maybe there is like, okay, we need to go with the lawyers and, and figure out, okay, wh- where, where in his contract are, are, are we terminating? What's the buyout? Where, where's that money coming from? And all that kind of stuff. But, the thing that kind of makes it doesn't make any sense to me 
as a public relations professional is that they haven't said anything. Like, you would think something would have been said, something would have been leaked out. And I, I have one theory and I think people have been kind of mentioning it on Twitter. That's kind of gotten me to put it into words here, but people are concerned with how King, how Kingsbury will be fired. I, I think there's a lot of people who want him to be fired. There's some who are on the fence. There's some who want him to be fired, but also just think the, you know, think very, very highly of him. And I, I, I like to think that's the majority of the people who want him fired. They still don't want it to be a, a messy thing. And I think one way to look at this with Hoka taking more time is that he's trying to figure out the right way to do this and the right way to send off one of our own. If, he does in fact decide to let him go. I mean, and that could be another way to look at it. Maybe he's really trying to figure, well, how do you weigh this? Do you give Kingsbury a press conference? Do I do one before that? Maybe they're talking it out together. I'm completely making stuff up right now, but that's a possibility to me. That could be why it's taken more time because he wants to get it right in the eyes of alumni, uh, former players, especially, uh, judging by some of the stuff I've seen from former guys on Twitter who have done nothing but talk very highly of Kingsbury. So he may be really concerned with addressing that and walking that tight line as, as close as he can. I mean, maybe there are some exit negotiations going on, you know, maybe there are, there's something to be worked out between he and, and, and Hokut and, and the assistant coaches and all that kind of stuff. Um, the thing that kind of gets me, like, and it says that, or at least to me it says that the decision hasn't been made and it's not well known, is that some of the assistant coaches were, you know, posting pictures with their families and everything saying, hey, you know, hey, it sucks to lose, but we're all, we're all, all in this together. We're, we're having, you know, we're spending some time with family. Like, if you were concerned about your job right then, would you not be back at your office? Would you not be with the team? Um, and that's that's a total conspiracy theory that I I, I concocted when I was looking at the Twitter of our. Well, that's all we've got coaches. to go on right now. I can't I can't dispute it. <laughs> yeah, I can't dispute anything you've said. It's just that's all the fact that they've just left us with nothing uh, to go off of has been uh, that's all, that's all we've got is just what each of us are saying to each other. And, and I'll, just to go back, I know this isn't even worth going back, but the year we went four and eight, Texas tech finished eighth in the big 12. Oh, look at that. We even lost more games, but finished ahead of somebody else. Yeah. Cause Kansas, Texas Tech went two and seven in conference. Kansas went one and eight. Iowa State went zero oh and nine. Oof. they were two and ten on the year. That was in twenty fourteen. Anyway, sorry, may not have been worth going back for, but I'm sure some listener was going. Man, I wonder. I wonder <laughs> if I wonder if we did finish ninth that year. Now that now they don't have to wonder. I figured it out, so you don't have to pull over. 
if you're driving into work or something and look up that stat. So here's something else about the the non-statement from from Texas Tech. It's from a, at Texas Tech logo. I'm kind of shocked that all these rumors swirling and Tech won't confirm or deny. I feel like if Cliff was the guy, they'd have come out and squashed that for recruiting purposes. Also a solid point. Uh, that I mean, the, the exact wording from... And this is from Jarrett Johnson at uh, 24-7 Sports. He said, uh, nothing is official. Quote. He said, a TTU spokesman told me, quote, nothing is official. So that may be the statement we were trying to find earlier. The way that that's phrased... In response to is Kingsbury fired, nothing is official. Would suggest yeah, that you they're could moving take that either towards way. that, right? But yeah, it sure could. Hmm. You could take that either way. All right. Um, so Kingsbury, after 2018, finishes up at 35 and 40 overall, 19 and 35 in the Big 12. Let's uh. Let's go through some painful conference records team by team. Oh, Are you okay. ready for this? In alphabetical yeah. order, Baylor, two and four. Iowa State, three and three. Kansas, shocker here. This is your only winning record besides three and three. Not only is it winning, it's I predict it's a dominant. I can't wait to hear it. Six what and oh, it? baby. Yeah. Yeah, get you some of that. But speaking of dominance, let's go the other oh, way, other direction. Okay. Kansas State, one in five. Oklahoma, zero oh and six. Mm-hmm. Oklahoma State, one in five. TCU, three and three. Texas, two and four. West Virginia, one in five. Good for nineteen and thirty-five. Man. Why'd you have to? Why'd you have to share that? He asked if I was ready. I still don't think I was, but we we did it anyway. Ooh, you ready to go to some questions? Not quite. One more thing. <laughs> this is Rats. Eric Eric Kelly TV. He says, he says here's what's confusing to me. Reports say that Cliff. This is from nine ten, so thirty five minutes ago. Reports say that Cliff is out. Tech can't confirm the accuracy of the reports. Many players are quoting, tw- are quote tweeting the report and thanking Cliff like he's gone. So does everyone know but the public, or are the players just as in the dark as us? That's okay. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's the latter, and people were assuming that, uh, you know, players just kind of started coming online with with their thanks and everything, kind of all at once. And the assumption was that it was after the plane landed. Right. And I, and, I, and that's possible because they're in probably Slack, in the dark as much as we are. But I think somebody pointed out that one of the players tweets was geo tagged to grapevine. So like they had gotten all their stuff and gotten to the airport, had some downtime and we're seeing or, or on the plane seeing all this and started mm-hmm. tweeting it. 
But to me, it's like, well, if they're with the team, is Kingsbury not there? Is he not with the team? That is some great investigative. Would they not know? Like, if he's stuff, like geotagging, that's awesome. Yeah, if, that's a that's a great thing to notice. I'm not being sarcastic. Well, it was somebody else. It wasn't me. I'm too stupid for that. <laughs> me too. <laughs> um. So yeah, I mean, I, I would assume that the players are in the dark. That they they were seeing stuff on Twitter. They probably were getting a lot of their phones blown up saying, "Hey, would you hear about this?" Um, and they saw the the news station from San Antonio, and then some of the other, I'm um, air quote Bleacher Report. Yeah, I was just, I was gonna say some of the bigger sports media uh, were coming on and using that to as a source for their story. So like yeah. Bleacher Report, some other things were coming out saying. And like very definitive headlines too for for the report, you know, that was coming up from the San Antonio says reports are saying, my sources are saying, but then the headlines of these secondary stories were Kingsbury out at Texas Tech. You know what I mean? Like the, Yeah, was, a foregone there, conclusion. Yeah, there was no gray room, gray area. So yeah, the only gray area was sources tell. But the headline itself says whatever exclusive. I'm not reading the name of that trash station. <laughs> Texas Tech to fire Cliff Kingsbury. Just as if that is, it is a foregone end of scenario. That's what's going to happen. Okay. One other thing before we get to questions, and I feel like I've said that multiple times already, so this is the last time. Um, here's the thing. Regardless of where you stand on whether or not Kingsbury should be back for 2019, you can't you can't say that he hasn't invested so much into this program personally. You can't say he didn't give everything he had, his time, his commitment to the program. Um stories are that, that he showed up before everybody left after everybody. Like there was nowhere else that this man was going to be as a coach for Texas tech. He was going to be here. It's going to work as hard as he was going to work. Um, and that you weren't going to be able to, to question his commitment. So when, when somebody says that I think it's time for Kingsbury to be fired, I don't think we're we're knocking his work ethic or him as a person, as an individual, as a Red Raider, which I think some of these lines are being blurred, right? That you can still like Cliff, Cliff Kingsbury as an individual, as a Red Raider, but think it's also best that he not be the head coach at Texas Tech. Yes, they can be blurred, and you're seeing a little bit more now, uh, especially over the last couple of weeks, it there there's a there's a group of folks on Twitter and on some of these Facebook groups we're a part of that pull no punches about not liking him and not wanting him to be there and uh, just talking trash about him essentially for no good reason. So that. It's it's nice to see, and I've seen it a lot more the last couple of weeks about people saying, "Hey, 
I could be a rational person. I can think Kingsbury has been great for these young men. And I can think that he's uh, put all he had into this program while also thinking that we should move in a different direction. There's people that have been more vocal about that and more level-headed with it as opposed to the gaggle of jerks you get that are just, well, he's just the worst coach ever and we're set back 17 years and, you know, we're we're not going to win another game until Leach comes back in on his helicopter. And, you know, you just get all that crap too. But it's been a lot more subdued this past week and I've seen a lot more support for the guy, even from guys and gals who want him to move on, who want him to go somewhere else. I, you know, I don't know if I'm in that camp. Um, you know, I tongue in cheek was spouting the spouting the lane train last week after Kansas State, getting Kiffin on board, just getting him to Lubbock. I kind of riled up some people with that, but that wasn't really. Uh, that was more sarcasm and me just trying to defer from the real issue. Uh, I'm going to defer again to Hokut. And if he decides that Kingsbury is going to stay, I'm going to be completely fine with it. I know a lot of people won't be, I can't fault them for not being fine with it, but I can fault them for needlessly degrading the guy who played for tech, who helped form tech into the, the football identity that it currently has and who has given everything he has for these last whew, we're coming on a little over six years pretty soon for this this program so if if you're someone who does that i don't i don't care for it but if if you're someone who can level-headedly look at the situation and not completely dog the man as a person and still think that tech should move on, then that's fine too. I've, I've been there, but I've come back. So I'm going to leave it in Hokut's hands. We'll see what he says. We'll see what happens. And then, and then I have the right to, if he does fire Kingsbury to completely complain about who he does hire. So let's, um, before we get to questions, I don't know how many times I can say that <laughs> because I'm still, I'm still scrolling through my, my mentions and I haven't found the beginning of questions yet to tell you how, what we what didn't the, actually have many questions, what kind of afternoon on the Twitter it's been, but if Cliff Kingsbury is fired, if you come at us with a, Anything mentioning that former coach from Baylor, like, we're done, right? We're not talking to you. We're not talking about you. Like, that is not a viable option, even if you're joking. It's not even that good of a joke. There was a conversation. This is as much as I'm going to mention this one person. There was a conversation I was having on Twitter, kind of in jest, because first everything he, he tweeted out was at – Ho cut and that Kingsbury and it was all caps. I was like, dude, why are you screaming? Uh, and then he comes back and said, well, we, we, we absolutely can't, you know, we have to keep Kingsbury because I, I don't want Venables. I don't want Latrell. If anything, I want Leach or the former coach for, for, from Baylor. I was like, 
you know what, dude, we're done. Um, because that, that, that obviously, when you talk about trying to do, sorry, when you're, about, when you're talking about doing something the right way and hiring a new coach, you obviously have to have some kind of like limit, right? He yes. is so far beyond even consideration or mentioning that like, I'm not going to engage with people that mention or, or talk about him while like he's even okay to be joked about. Right. And that was, that that's the antithesis of the way Kingsbury runs a program is to bring a guy like that in who just either turns a blind eye or actively allows things to happen and doesn't care as long as the winds are still pouring in. This is not what Kingsbury does. This is the one thing I think 95% of tech fans can agree on. There's going to be some guys who are just going to hate him no matter what. The one thing they can agree on is that he runs a clean program. Yes, there's been some guys who've gotten in trouble. It's been dealt with either by the university itself or the criminal justice system, or they've been let go and allowed to come back or whatever. There have been consequences and they know that and they expect to to face those consequences and you bring in somebody who coached at Baylor a few years ago you're going to go completely against that or you and, and you know maybe you don't feel that way but your choice makes you look like you feel that way it makes you look immediately like someone who just only cares about winning that is all that matters. And yeah, it is really a big chunk of what matters. Let's not pretend like it's not. Yeah, but that's where I was going to go. It's, I'm not, okay, I know that. I know that. But it's not, it's not the same to uh, kind of sacrifice your integrity for wins than to be dissatisfied with the current wins or lack of wins you have. It's not worth sacrificing your integrity. Because it's going to sound like we're talking out of both sides of our mouth when we say it's all good and grand that, that Kingsbury has his great work ethic and he, he outworks everybody. He's committed to Texas Tech but isn't winning. And then try to say, well, we're not that committed to just wanting wins that we would consider somebody like that. Right. Um, no, I mean, you obviously you want to hire the right guy and you – you want to hire somebody with that kind of integrity and will run a program the right way that will also win games. But if you're going to, if you're going to sacrifice on anything, it's going to be maybe we keep around the right guy longer without all the wins than the other way around. You don't want to go backwards in that regard. No. Okay, let's get to some some Twitter questions, reactions, comments. This one actually, it was from a couple days ago, but I think after today is still applicable from Adele. Last Saturday was supremely miserable and perhaps shifted the focus from losing due to crazy injuries to losing due to penalties, lack of execution mistakes, a.k.a. coaching, which I think we saw that and that statement that got quoted a bunch from Kirby Hocutt where he said, you know, Football's a, a violent game. Everybody else has injuries. 
that's not an excuse. And he also, in that same article, was quoted as saying, without pulling it up and quoting him directly, saying there are still things in terms of focus and discipline that are keeping us from winning six years later. Which would seem, you know, it's it's much more about the coaching aspect than, than the performance and the wins. That things are still happening that should have been addressed before this season. Mm. Um, Damian Jackson also two days ago, and I'm, I'm going to read it as he wrote it because I'm sure the typo was on purpose, but he says, no thanks on venerables <laughs> this is in response to us saying that if venerables was a, a candidate that I was interested in, and said coach his defenses were often torched at OU and he won't have near the talent to work with as he does at Clemson or did at OU. Well, I mean, that's part of his job is to recruit, right? And I think that's one of the things that we can talk about that Kingsbury may not have done as well as he could have or should have in recruiting because as good of a coach and, and as much of a player's guy, he, as he may have been, he didn't light it up on the recruiting trail. You saw him get burned early on in his career going after big time guys. And I think that may have left him a little snake bit and he stopped doing that as much. Yeah, that's possible. But he never, he never led the conference and in, in recruiting rankings. He never had a really solid or consistent highly rated recruiting class. Um, so without bringing in top talent, it always came down to how, how well he develops and how, how well he coaches. And I don't, I don't think that was where he was. I think that was a gap in his skill set currently as a head coach. Um, Red Red Reset Man, this is from one day ago. It says, I can't wait to be in the same situation six years from now. <laughs> I'm I don't I certainly hope we're not in the same situation again. Who uh, knows? Sorry, there was like I said, there's quite a few mentions in Twitter activity that I have to scroll back through. So th- th- this was in response to something from seven hours ago from Suns Up, Guns Up at Hit'em, Wreck'em, TTU. Cliff Kingsbury's coaching tenure through six seasons, 2013, 8-5, won the Holiday Bowl, 2014, 4-8, and 2015, 7-6, lost the Texas Bowl, 2016, 5-7, 2017, 6-7, lost the Birmingham Bowl, 2018, 5-7. The reply was... Worst win percentage since the Moore era. I, I think I saw that somewhere too. I don't know my Texas Tech history enough. He was, he's obviously before Spike Dykes. You know how much further back he was? Uh, not, not too much before. I, I can look it up. 
No, you, you don't have to. It's, those that know the program are going to know how far back that goes. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about that, Spike Dykes was 20 plus years ago. That's, yeah. Yeah, he was, uh, he was from 81 to 85. And there may have been someone right after, uh, right after him before Dykes came on. I think there was. Let me see. Uh, this is terrible. Sorry, guys. I don't know my head coaching history very well. I've only been through three in this millennium. So Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay, it was Jerry Moore from 81 to 85. And then David McWilliams was there for one year in 86. And then Spike came on in 86 to uh, 99. So I, I don't want to like call this guy out and just crush him, but there is a student reporter for the daily Torridor that was spewing straight nonsense today. I had to call him out a couple of times, including this is a quote from one thirty this afternoon. My biggest takeaway from this game is that Fox had better keep the Pat McAfee show in the booth booth moving forward the commentary is just too good the kids like it pat McAfee. i enjoyed it i'm not a kid by any means i'm i'm like an elder elder statesman on the stp crew i think seth is older than me and i think keith and dan are we're all about the same but you, you may be the oldest at heart <laughs> that's possible that's probable, actually. Pat McAfee was by far the worst person I've heard call a game. I ever. got a kick out of it because he, even when he got stuff wrong, he just flat out said, yeah, I should have done some more research. Yeah, that was the biggest thing. So one, he... Yeah, you know, whatever. He probably I, I was mispronounced... Like, well, hey, someone admits it. He, good. <laughs> butchered... Panazolo's name every time that Tech came out to punt. And there were four possessions in a row that he punted. And I think McAfee called him a different name every time. <laughs> Claimed he was from Italy. He's like, oh, oh, sorry. I was just going off his name. I should have done. No, no, no. He, he said he, he made that research joke when he was talking about, you know, it's really surprising to see how well both these teams are running the ball. I was like, really? They're. I don't know. Just. When he admitted on air that he should have done more research, I'm like, dude, there are people that work really hard to get that job. And it's obvious you were given it because you were a former player and you didn't even like prepare to do the game. I don't know. Well, and, and to be fair, there's probably people that work really hard to not get the Baylor, Texas tech game to see who's going to go six and six for the year. Sure. But that was just, just a, an oddball crew today. Cause it also had AJ Hawk. Yeah. Oh, it was totally oddball, but I, I am, I, I know I'm in the minority. I follow Pat McAfee on, on Twitter. I follow him and I've seen him do his pro wrestling announcing, uh, over, great kicks and punts in the NFL and it just never grows tired tiresome to me 
so I, I knew of him and was already kind of on board with with what he brings with him. And so I admit I'm probably in the minority, but man, I got a kick out of the broadcast because that was more entertaining than the football game most of the time. Yeah. It was the lightheartedness of it was kind of nice as opposed to treating it so gravely and giving it the weight that it kind of has for us tech fans to kind of have someone be a little lighthearted with it. I'm sure rubbed a lot of people the wrong way, but to me today it was fine. Yeah. Dustin McNabb right after the game said a barbecue sandwich from the four corner store at 19th and FM 179 might help take your mind off of what just happened. It's no Allsup's burrito, but it has cured many ills. I've never been here or know what he's talking about. You said that's a top tip. I, I'm assuming you, you've tried this before. I, I have not been there, but I've heard this from other people. And and I can't even vision, envision where that is. Because 19th and FM 179, that is north that, of Wolferth. I'm about to say it's going to be out west, like towards Wolferth. Well, obviously it's yeah, north because that's 82nd. Because 179, yeah, you're actually you're you're on your way to Level Land by that point. You're, uh, I don't know if you've quite reached Reese or not, but you're close. So that's got to be it. Okay, I think I'm picturing it now, actually, because they're widening FM 179 through there, and uh, I know that they're widening all the way past 19th, from 82nd to 19th, pretty much from Wolferth to where he's just saying so. If if you're out there, you may need to give this place a give this place a shot. I'm calling it. It's the next it's the next spot for twenty three personnel podcast lunch. Okay. All <laughs> right. I'll need to take like a two hour lunch, but I can get there. Oh, that's true, because you, you work way out like way east. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm east of I twenty seven, but I can get there. There's a lot of interaction going on about sources because it's back in the afternoon when it was my source said this, my source said that, and we just we had some fun with that for a little bit. Hey, I did want to mention this. Adam texted me this while we were recording. Williams has a new column that came out uh, at 9 p.m. So we it came out right as we started. And apparently, he says, uh, he basically says, to an expect an announcement Sunday, one way or another. That was the exact quote from his article. And I'll... I'll go back to the end and it says, uh, quote, had Bowman not suffered the collapse lung in game five against West Virginia and again in game nine against Oklahoma, had Dakota Allen not come up lame in the final month, there's a good chance the Red Raiders make it to seven wins, maybe eight. I know, excuses. Kirby Hocutt in his public statements sounded tired of indulging them. We'll find out for sure on Sunday. And that's how he ends his, his column. So he obviously knows or sure is claiming that there will be some big statement made tomorrow, which there should be. I mean, I don't think that's a crazy thing to, to say, but this is the first I've seen anything kind of definitive saying that. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. I I would like to know one way or the other to, to know where I need to throw my weight behind and, whether we need to move forward with like trying to find some sunshine there to, okay, we've got all this talent returning or, or put some effort into uh, looking at legitimate coaching candidates. Right. 
because there, there's going to be a lot between now and our next podcast on Tuesday, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah, I think so. A lot of news. So, okay, so one paragraph from this, and it just it, it brings me back to the Hocut's radio show on Wednesday. He says, A few days ago on Lubbock Radio, Kirby Hocut sounded perturbed about the team's lack of focus and discipline this season, shot down excuses by injured quarterbacks, and then the Tech athletic director watched the Red Raiders go out with a 35-24 loss Saturday to Baylor. The Raiders lost their last five, having scored first in all five. And scored first and second in three of the five. That's right. We were up. Uh, gosh, we were, I forgot. I, I remember seeing that stat. I think we were up 14 to nothing and 10 to nothing or something like that. Or 13 to nothing in a couple of those games. I can't remember. When you have five losses in a row, they all run together. Unfortunately, yes. Cooper Burnett, preferences and or expectation, Latrell or Venables or somebody else? Um, I don't know. I, I, <laughs> I, because I, I, I feel like the roller coaster, even today, on whether or not a coaching decision would have been made on Kingsbury has gone on for six plus hours now when we thought the decision may have been made weeks ago, makes me question a lot of things. Um, I would like to see what a, what a, a Brent Venables could do as a head coach. Um, I don't know about either. Well, I don't know about Venables connections in the state of Texas to be able to do well as a recruiter. Uh, I would expect Latrell to have some of those connections as a current coach. Latrell kind of feels like a more of the same type thing like he's he's doing well at a lower school running the air raid and and I've, I've gone on about this before that I'm not really I'm not tied to a specific system besides winning so I don't care if you run the air raid I don't care if you run the the wishbone triple option <laughs> as long as it brings results well and the, the the one knock on that is if someone came in running nothing but veer or something there would be some growing pains. I think that would be the knock that people oh, would, would, ha- would have to deal with is like, okay, well, you're, you're probably going to win three games the next two years. And they're like, why, why are you wasting all this air raid talent to run the ball 60 times a game? Yeah, because they're, they're building something and they're committed to that. So if someone did come in, I, I think that's kind of the knock against it. But I, I'm, I'm not, you know, I didn't graduate from air raid university. I graduated from Texas Tech University. If they decide to just run the ball 60 times a game, you bet. Okay. Like you said, if if, if we start winning with that philosophy, I, I don't care. Yeah. And my, my degree and my identity is not linked to what type of damn offense our school runs. It can run whatever the heck it wants. All right. Um, Red Raider Reset Man, do you feel better or worse now that the season is over with and we can officially start the coaching search? I guess we're not exactly sure if even that's true. Me personally, I feel better now. It almost felt like a job defending Cliff week in and week out. With you. I'm with you. It is It is a job. And we're, we're still doing it. <laughs> I am at least. I. 
I don't know. I mean, we'll have an answer tomorrow is what it sounds like. And then we can see where we need to go from there. I haven't been to the STP comment sections today. I, I'm not even I, sure if I'm going to like dive into that at all. I don't want to go. I don't want to go there. It's it's pretty vicious. But it's it was, you know, I texted with my friend Adam about this probably the last two or three weeks. Because we both like Cliff a lot. And I think we would, I don't want to speak for him too much, but I think we'd both be fine if he came back. Knowing how the season went, yeah, people can call me an excuses guy, whatever. But I forgot where I was going with that. But well, I'm to start with that. <laughs> totally lost the train of with, thought. With I was watching TV. Everything else that had gone on this season, if Hoka comes up tomorrow and says, you know what, there were a lot of extenuating circumstances. We're going to give Kingsbury one more year, and it's got to be better than X. You know? Yeah. If he gave an actual thing, because yeah. as much as as when when we went six and six last year, and and Hoka said we have to be better than that, I think a lot of people can still point. Well, we may be a better football team this year, but we actually had a worse record. And I may have right. said that too, that it's possible you can be better but have a worse record. If if Hoka comes out tomorrow and says. We are extending Kingsbury. We're going to add a year or two under his contract to keep up with whatever the the norm of having three years on a contract. We restructured his buyout, whatever. But he has to make these. He has to trigger these points, right? He has to win seven games. He has to do this, this, and that. I could get behind him and say, okay, you know what? He's got all these quarterbacks. He's had to, to shuffle. Offensive line fell off the face of the planet six games in. No idea where they went. Um, there's stuff, there's pieces there you can work with. So as bad as five and seven is, I think I could talk myself into being supportive one more year, even though this would be like year three, I'd be like, well, maybe it's time for Kingsbury to go. Um, if Hoka comes out tomorrow and says Kingsbury has, has been let go, we're starting our, our coaching search today, blah, blah, blah. Obviously I'm I'm going to get behind that too, because I think we've seen what Kingsbury can do. Um, unfortunately, there were flashes of, man, it could be really great if all these things align, and they just didn't. They never did. You, you got an offense with Bowman that looked really, really good, and then a defense with Jishon Johnson and Dakota Allen. They just never really aligned to be really good at the same time outside of maybe Oklahoma State. Yeah. Yeah, that um, was a that was a dominant performance. So, yeah, I'm I'm expecting we'll have a lot to say on Tuesday that may not have to do much about basketball at all. <laughs> right. I mean, I, so your your basketball team won today by 31 points against Northern Colorado who won a tournament last postseason. Um they moved to 6 and 0, one of 29 or so upper 20s undefeated teams left. You're going to have some time off before you head out to uh, New York to face Duke. But, um, yeah, I'm expecting we're going to have a lot to talk about next week. I think so, too. And I wanted to to circle back to my point because I actually remembered it. But I wanted to read this first. 
to kind of echo what you were saying, Alan Bowman tweeted this and he actually deleted it because he linked to the trash CBS station in San Antonio first. And he deleted it because I think it didn't seem true, but then Bleacher Report picked up on it. So he retweeted it again. And so here's his tweet. He says, I'll say it again. The best coach I ever had, even a better human being. Y'all do not understand the work he puts in behind closed doors. The things we could have accomplished together for the years to come would have been very, very scary. Thank you for everything, Coach Kingsbury. So to echo what you were saying, having a healthy Bowman gives people some hope and makes people think twice about what could have been accomplished this year, uh, possibly to their detriment. Who knows? You know, if, if Bowman had played every game, we still may have had the exact same record. There's no telling, but that may be enough of a what if in Hokut's eyes and some other people's, I'm assuming big donors that made money in the Permian Basin, that, that may be enough uh, for them to have seen, especially if they played football themselves and know what could happen next year if things stay intact. And I wanted to get back to what Red Raider Reset Man said about kind of feeling better or worse that the season's over and that he feels better and that, that defending Cliff week in and week out was a job. Uh, he's right. And my friend Adam were texting each other this back and forth. Before this game, it just really seemed like Cliff being let go was exactly where we're headed. We were kind of relieved for him, if that makes any sense. We were kind of thinking, oh, well, this is – I'm, this is good for him because you can you imagine how great he's going to sleep <laughs> you know just kind of okay this is he doesn't have to worry about this anymore he's he's done he's done the absolute best job he was capable of doing and he can move on and in three or four months he'll be an oc at some top-notch power five school or hell in the nfl we don't know but he'll he'll be doing something like that if if he gets let go from here so it was kind of a relief in that sense where you're thinking, okay, this guy's going to be fine, of course. I mean, he's a millionaire. Yeah, people can flip that around a lot, but I can guarantee you he does not treat losing as a head coach at Texas Tech like just about any other head coach you hire would. It's not a business to him. Uh, it's, it's more than that. Yeah, when, when I saw some of the possibility landing places for Kingsbury, if you were let go, I got a little jealous. You bet. <laughs> you went in defensive because I was like, man, if he goes off to be the offensive coordinator for Alabama and wins national championship after national championship with him, I was like, man, you know what? That that kind of stings. Adam and I have said that for years. Because we, well, we have one, we have it, we it, have said that back and forth. Like this is a possibility because he is really good offensive mind and it never the NFL seemed, copies his plays it, it never seemed until like this year that the, the past couple of years that Alabama was really interested at all at changing their offensive identity and to run spread and air raid type concepts yeah but then they brought in Kiffin and and now they are like oh crap <laughs> yeah they realize man it's it's great to hold an opponent to seven points a game but it's also great to score 70. 56 yeah. <laughs> that's kind of nice all right, man, we've gone a little longer than we have, I guess, any other game. There's lots to talk about. There will be lots more to talk about this upcoming week. Any parting shots 
wisdom comments uh no real wisdom or comments just hashtag strive for honor when you're going on social media talking about kingsbury because this is a this is a red raider he's he's one of us and just because he hasn't won a ton of football games uh you don't need to run him into the ground for it yeah that's 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 it for me all right man thanks for joining us everybody for another instant reaction podcast the 23 personnel podcast Have you ever wondered how to say good morning in Italian? Or what is goodbye in French? You can ask Alexa. Just say, what is happy birthday in German? Or how do you say hello in Japanese? Do you want to know how to say I love you in Spanish? Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.